Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Small Ball Market, the podcast dedicated to news and coverage from around the league with a specific emphasis on small market teams. I'm joined this week, as I am every week, by my co-hosts, Zach and Wyatt. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Wyatt, how are you? Pretty great. All right. Well, uh, let's just jump right into it, boys. Today, we're going to be covering the Western Conference over-under scores for uh, Westgate, I think we're using, right? Yeah, we're using Westgate. All right. Yeah, we're using Westgate, and I figure we'll work, what, bottom to top? Yep, just like last time. All right, Zach. Zach's going to be in charge of uh, delegating what teams we're discussing and keeping track of our overs-unders like he did last week. So let's get started, Zach. All right. Uh, At the bottom of the Western Conference, uh, number 15, we have the Sacramento Kings at 25 and a half. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Cody. What do you think? Well, I don't know. First of all, a good question would be, do they belong dead last? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Uh, let's see. Where are my notes? Did I write the Kings down? Aha. Okay, so what, 25 and a half? Yep, that's yep. it. Yeah, I got the under. Um, there's, I literally have no reason other than they just have no direction. They have... I think their most notable players, Willie Cauley-Stein at this point, they just have, like I said, no direction, no standout player, no one to really play through. And last last season, they won 27 wins, and I think that was overachieving. So I got the under for sure. Yeah, well, they also had veterans on their team last year, and uh, Zebo's still at the roster again next year, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's on, he's on a couple-year contract. But uh, still, I mean, veterans will win you some games, but... I don't know, man. This there's really they have no motivation to win. It's like why would they do anything other than just aim for dead last in the West? I just I wouldn't get I wouldn't get them trying to win at all. I really liked De'Aaron Fox last year. I mean, I thought he was a fun player coming out, and he was definitely the guy who they were looking to get. But uh, I don't know. He seems like I said it a couple weeks ago. That I think he might end up being like a good team, uh, good stats, bad team kind of guy. And uh, we've all talked about how we think that could end up being the same way with Marvin Bagley. And uh, he's obviously going to be, they're going to put, they're basically going to put all their chips in him right now and see what they can get with him. But I still don't think that's going to amount to any wins. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. Um, Bagley, uh, I think, is going to be very good. Just, uh, he's going to be Boogie 2.0. And he's just going to have a bunch of good stats, but he's not going to be a great team guy. He's going to, post the double doubles every single night i think i think he has a chance to be rookie of the year i really do if he manages to stay consistent enough but also like you were saying with De'Aaron fox i think De'Aaron in this day and age in the nba there is a total chance that De'Aaron fox which i hope he doesn't could become a bust i just don't think he has a good enough outside shot and it's hard to translate into the nba in today's age without having an outside shot Frank Mason almost feels like a better uh, pick than Darren Fox because Frank Mason is actually very good at outside shooting, and he can he pretty much does the exact same stuff Darren Fox does, except Fox is a little bit more athletic. I do like Fox better as a prospect, though. Did either of you say over or under? I don't think either of you did. Twenty five and a half. Oh, we definitely went under. I went with the under. Yeah, okay. So we're all under. I, I have them winning around 22, 23 games. A little bit under. Not They're not going to be as bad as the Hawks, but they're definitely the worst team in the Western <laughs> Conference. Yeah, that sounds about right. And they lost Vince Carter. 
And he went to the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> just just traveling around the bottom of the NBA. All right, let's uh, move on to the Phoenix Suns, who I'm sure Cody will have a lot to say. So I think we'll start with him again because I'm sure that he has the most. They are at 28 and a half. Cody, uh, go ahead and rant. Oh, dude, there's nothing to rant about. I just love the shit out of the Suns. They're just so great for, you know, they had Alfred Payton, so that automatically makes them a championship contender right there. He was on their team for a total of, what, two weeks? Something something nice like that. Um, but no, 29 and a half, I like the over. Um, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, they got Trevor Ariza. That was huge. Um, another underrated aspect I think that people are kind of overlooking is they don't have that lockjam at center that they used to have. They used to have Alex Len, Tyson Chandler, and Greg Monroe kind of all fighting for minutes. Dragon Bender is technically a center as so well. So is Chris. Chris who? Marquise, Marquise Chris. Chris. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. No, but like I said, there's just there's just not as much of a logjam. I think there's. I think Tyson Chandler is going to probably get most of the minutes. Um, but like I said, I think Trevor Ariza was huge for them. Um, and they have Mikhail Bridges. Oh man, I loved him. He's so good. I like him a lot. I kind of wish Philly had kept him, but, you know. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where it probably just wasn't the right fit. But, you know, with only 21 wins last season and all those good additions in Aiton and uh, Bridges and uh, Trevor Ariza, that's that's going to be a hell of a team to look for, man. They, they could be a sleeper in the West. I mean, having 28 and a half wins is really low for this team. This team on – on paper, looks really good, and I think it's at least worth 33, 35 wins, at least. That team is way better than it looks. Ariza's going to add three or four wins anyways from their team from last year just because of how good he is and consistent he is from the field, and now they have a great defender on the wing now. They got rid of Dudley, which Ariza's an upgrade from Dudley. Aiton, I think, can be a really good center in the league. He's a, a solid... Solid five. He reminds me more of a traditional big two, but uh, with his, he, I know I have seen he can stroke to three, which could be translate good in the NBA if he continues to get better at that. And Mikel Bridges is, is amazing. He's gonna him playing on the court with Trevor Ariza. I think that's gonna be one of the best defensive front courts in the NBA. Is gonna be like perimeter defensively at least. They're gonna be really good on the defensive end. Yeah, I really like I like what the Suns have going forward. You guys pretty much touched on all the points, like with uh just that young nucleus that they have. I I I haven't been a huge fan of some of the picks that they've made over the last couple of years. Uh, like with uh Dragon Bender, not huge on him, and I'm not, I've never been a big Josh Jackson fan either. But I think that they I think they nailed it with DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, for some reason, he's been kind of losing some steam from some people as a. Like, people were wondering, like, why was he the number one overall pick? It's like, just look at him. It's, he, you see why he's the number one overall pick. He's just, he may have some, like, uh, skill sets to, like, smooth out a little bit. But you have someone the size of him. It's just, I don't know. You can't uh, you can't not take a swing with him. I'm, I'm going to take the over as well. It's just, uh, I, I'm, I kind of agree with Wyatt. I think they'll be in, like, the 33 to 35 win-ish range. They won't, like, contend for the playoffs or anything. But, uh they're 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 getting there they'll be there at some point 
I know you said you didn't like Josh Jackson that much, but Josh Jackson actually had a really good end of the season. And he actually, I didn't like him that much either coming into college, but uh, he really turned me around and changed my mind about him because he looked really good on the offensive and defensive end. He looked solid on both sides. And Summer League, he had one of the best blocks I've ever seen. He had on uh, Marvin Bagley, actually. He had some pretty insane defensive plays and showed off his athleticism. And I think Josh Jackson's going to end up being really, really good for him. Yeah, he just has to get a jump shot because uh, you can't uh, be a one-dimensional just defender and still survive because there, there's not really any room for like those kind of players anymore. You have to have more of a skill set all around. Rest some peace, Jeff Green. Of what uh, Jeff Green doesn't do anything. Cutting <laughs> that out. He's a good defender. That's about it. No, he doesn't no Jeff that. Green is a good offensive player. That's what Jeff Green does. He catches lobs and he can shoot. What I was gonna say was <laughs> Rick Tony no, Allen. Jeff Green is not good at a uh, defense. Yeah. Um, side note, a little, a little quick tangent. Do you think Devin Booker is an All Star next year? Absolutely not. Really. No, I don't think there's too many guards in the West. He's not even going to come close. No, there was a debate going around on, I think it was the Ringer podcast actually too. And they were saying the debate is, is Devin Booker um, an actual like franchise player for their team? Like, is he good enough to be a franchise player? And a lot of people are saying he's a star, but he's not a franchise player. I think he is. I think he's someone you can build your team around, but I don't know if he's ever gonna like bring you like super far. And like I said, I think he's too stacked in the in the West to make the All Star team. If he were on the East, yeah, he'd make the All Stars. I think he'd make it pretty easily. But Kimba Walker made the All Star team. That's, in what, the East. that's what I'm saying. He would make it in the he would make it in the East super easily. Uh, but he's in the West, and that kind of sucks for him. But Dame barely makes the All Star team yeah, year in and year out, and Dame is uh, miles ahead of Devin Booker. Yeah, made first team last year. And Devin Booker, I think he's a great player, too. He just needs to make some advancements in his game. I mean, he did show more improvements, like, last year in the pick and roll and then uh, play with assists in general, too. He just became way more of a playmaker than I thought he was. I thought he was just honestly like Clay Thompson and he could just shoot the ball and he can create his own shots. But he showed a lot more playmaking this year around, and I think that's going to – I think he could end up being pretty dang good. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's time we move on to the next team on our list. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year, and they were devastated by injuries. And they kind of hope to bounce back a little bit this year in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it's a big jump in wins from this point. Uh, the Suns were at 28.5, and, and the Grizzlies are at 34.5. Uh, Wyatt, we'll start with you this time. What do you think about the Grizzlies? I think the Grizzlies are really underrated this season. I have them winning 41 wins at least. I think they could be a borderline playoff team. Uh, Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol are both still really good players, and I mean, they really still do have the grit and grind with them, and they're really good. They added Jaron Jackson, and Jaron Jackson looks NBA-ready right now. So with his three-point shooting and his defensive presence, they also added Kyle Anderson from the Spurs, who's a really good small forward in my mind, really solid. And I think they're just going to be way better. They they added a lot of good players to their team. And I don't see how, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they would for sure make the playoffs. But Western Conference, I think they could even pull it out as an eight seed if they, everything goes right. Yeah, yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, I, t- I like the under on Memphis. I think there's too many possibilities of injuries and I think there's 
I think they're one of these teams that have been stuck in the stuck in the middle for so long that they're kind of in the mode where they're trying to make something happen either instantly or rebuild. So I think they're going to start trending towards either tanking or trading. Um, I just don't see next season going as positively for Memphis as you do, clearly. If injury does happen, they're going to go in a different direction. If Mike Conley gets hurt again this year, I could see Marcus Gasol getting traded by All-Star break. So it could, it's definitely a possibility. You're taking the bleaker outlook than I am. But uh, I think Memphis still, like with their players, they still have the capability of being a really good team. But yeah, anyways, what, 34 and a half, I like the under. Yeah, I have to agree with Cody there. I have the under as well. It's um, basically, yeah. It's just I think that those those guys they've been uh great for them over the last like what decade they've been uh just with the Grizzlies for oh, quite a while now, and it led to some great memories for them. They made a Western Conference Finals. They were a playoff team every single year. They put pushed some of the best teams in the NBA to their limit, and uh, I don't know, man. It's just they. Uh, they they lost it. They don't have that. Uh, their the grit and grind era is over, man. Uh, Zebo's gone. Tony Allen's gone. They, Mike Conley and Mark Gasol are really all that's left there. And I really do think this team would try to make a push for the playoffs if they were in the Eastern Conference, but they really don't have any incentive to uh, push for the playoffs in the West because they would uh, lose almost immediately in the first round to whoever. <laughs> yeah, it's. If they're stuck in the Eastern Conference, uh, they would be able to make it. Uh, basically, this uh, basically the only way I think that this team has hope to really succeed is uh, if the NBA expands to 32 teams and puts them both on the western half of the United States and uh, <laughs> changes Memphis to an Eastern Conference team because they would definitely be the Western Conference team to go over. But, yeah, I got the under. Well, um. We have another team at 34 and a half, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, yeah, um, I guess I'll start off on this one. Um, I really like this team. Uh, I kind of flip-flopped them whether I wanted to give them the over or the under, uh, but I was, I was just thinking about their young players with like Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic and just with like uh, who they have already, I'm like, oh, this is a decent team, but I wasn't sure to give them the 34 and a half, and then it's, all of a sudden it dawned on me, wait a minute, they added DeAndre Jordan over this offseason. Yeah. They finally got him. They got their man, and I decided to take the over immediately. I was just like, okay, that's no that's no, no question there. I think that these guys are going uh, to have a great time together. I think that... Uh, Doncic is probably going to be the rookie of the year <laughs> and uh he's gonna he seems like he's gonna be pretty NBA ready almost immediately and Dennis J- Smith Jr. with another uh season under his belt it, it's gonna it, it'll be fun he's been a really athletic guy yeah Wyatt any thoughts uh I think I actually took the under on Dallas guys I just fought um Luca. And Dennis Smith Jr. are still very young, and they're going to have to take some learning to get involved with each other, and they're going to get better. As the season goes on, I think they'll improve, but they have DeAndre Jordan, which I think I did. I It, it was really hard for me to choose the under on this, too. I was, I was really debating on taking the over because DeAndre Jordan is going to give them quite a few extra wins just because of how good of a presence he is, but... 
you also have to think about that they're young. Dirk Nowitzki's like 80 years old. <laughs> I mean, he can still shoot, but he can't be on the court for more than 15, 20 minutes a game. I mean, they're they're just such a young team. Wesley Matthews has had serious injury problem. If they can stay healthy, they could have a pretty dang good season, but I still have to take the under on these guys. I think they're too young. All right, man. Well, keeping with the trend, I got to agree with Zach. I like Doncic a lot, and I think I I didn't forget that DeAndre Jordan went there because I really like DeAndre Jordan. I always have. Um, hopefully, Wesley Matthews can stay healthy because he's probably one of the best three and D guys in the league. Um, this one was it was really hard for me. I was like thirty three wins, thirty four, thirty five. It's in it's in that little cluster that they could go over under so easily, but. I, ju- I just had to be optimistic. I like the young core that they have, and the addition of DeAndre Jordan just keeps me really hopeful, so I took the over. Yeah, this looks like a high 30s uh, team to me. Yeah, it's close, man. It's really close. But 24 wins last season, they're definitely – it's it's only up from there. So Exactly. That's just where it goes. All right. Um, we're going straight from the Dallas Mavericks, the team that DeAndre Jordan went to, to the team that he left over this offseason, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. They are currently at 35 and a half. That's where Westgate has them. And uh, I guess we're going to start with you, Wyatt. What do you think? No way in hell they're winning 35 games. <laughs> this, game is go- this team is going under. They lost DeAndre Jordan, and DeAndre Jordan was the heart and soul of this team. He was their best player. They wouldn't even have been close to the playoffs last season without him. Sure, they have Lou Williams. He's not too bad. But this team is led by rookies, and they're so young. How are they going to be able to perform in this stacked of a Western Conference against all the teams above them and below them even? Uh, It's just such a hard conference. They added Gortat, and Gortat's... Better than DeAndre. Don't say that. (laughs) Luke Richard and Bahamute is pretty good, too. He's a solid defender. But let's be real. I'm going to say this right now. If any team gets shipped off somewhere else, it's going to be the Clippers. I think if there's going to be an expansion or anything in the next couple years, it's going to be the Clippers. They're just going to be so bad for the next couple years that I think they're going to be in Seattle or Vegas in the next two years. Ship them to Seattle, man. I'm here for it. I think Steve Ballmer's against getting rid of the Clippers too, but they need to get a team out of LA. They're going to lose so much money and they can make so much money somewhere else. Yeah. They've had conversations about building a new stadium in the uh, building a new stadium in LA just for the Clippers. And it's like, LA doesn't want you, man. They really don't care. They, they, if you, I remember when the Blazers were playing them a few years ago in the playoffs and, uh, when uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin both got hurt, you could buy tickets to a playoff game, game five for, I think $6 was like the lowest one that I found. And you can get lower bowl tickets for like in the $20 range. It was just ridiculous. No one cares about the Clippers. Game seven, it didn't even cost that much. Uh, We didn't have a game seven in that series. I thought it was game seven. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. They were free. That's why. There was no game seven. They were $0, (laughs) the cheapest tickets you could find. Blazers for life. (laughs) But yeah, I have them on the under too. They've just lost so many pieces. They're just... They just have the their roster is completely populated by these like pretty good players, but like no one who can actually lead the team in anything. The player who could do that the most is Lou Williams, but 
uh, he's not a person that you want on your team to like lead you to the playoffs or or anything like that. He made a jump last year, but that was also he's just the sixth man of the year. He's not gonna be leading you to any playoff bursts or anything like that. They're just gonna they're get they're going the under. This this the Clippers are back, guys. The Clippers are back to beating the bad team. The Lakers are good again. The Clippers are bad. All is right with the world. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I don't really need to say anything. I def- I took the under too, so I feel like you guys touched on all the points that I was going to say. So instead, I will offer a uh, another tangent. Um, I saw on the Clippers Twitter page, they posted their starting five, and then they had like notable rookies, and they had uh, notable reserves, so like their bench players. And then on the notable reserves, they had Lou Williams, and then they had their five starters, like big old pictures on the thing. So I was just kind of curious, at what point, why do you keep Lou Will on the bench? Why not just start him? Eh, your guess is as good as mine, man. I just think they like what he brought off the bench last year. But he's he was starter caliber, but it was just some players do better off the bench, and he's been a six-man pretty much his entire career. And I guess that's just where they liked him. Maybe it's where he likes it. I don't know. I still have a Clippers get some award this year because he's going to get six man of the year. And then again, and that's the only thing that's going to be good for that franchise this year. Lou Williams is going to be good. I'm not going to lie. Shea Gildress Alexander does look all right. But the only thing good about that team is Lou Williams. I, have, I actually have another candidate for six man of the year, but we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also Doc Rivers sucks. Next team. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Austin Rivers. is awesome. All right, guys. This might be the longest section of the entire podcast uh, for very obvious reasons. I hate that it's so early. I hate that it's so early. <laughs> yeah, bottom up. This isn't very good. Um, very next, our beloved Portland Trailblazers. Westgate has them to win 41 and a half games. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, we're going to uh, – yeah, this, this whole next section of the podcast, uh, if you are sensitive to swearing, please cover your ears because we're all probably going to have stuff to say. Um, which one do you guys want to start? Oh, man. Can we all just – can we all just say what we did first and then discuss it afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, over. Over. Yeah, 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 we all took yeah. a big shocker. They're winning 70 games this year. I don't know what <laughs> – we got the best Curry brother. That's worth at least 50 games right there. We signed Yusuf Nurkic to a eh contract. Better than Myers Leonard? We upgraded Better than Evan Turner? to Nick Stauskas. We're winning the championship. Okay, okay. Let's try let's attempt to get serious here. Yeah, sorry. This is the least coherent part of the podcast. Okay. Because okay. we're all just in a blind rage. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, man. This was actually so hard for me. Really? Yeah, I want, I mean, I feel like Westgate is what, 41 and a half? 41, 41 and a half. 41. I feel like 42 or 43. Um, I can't see it getting much higher than that. No Ed, no Baz, but we signed Seth. It's just, we're just so directionless right now. It's so hopeless. I just am so tired of being shit on as a Blazers fan. It's just so hard because we're, the fact that we're out of the playoffs and all the projections just absolutely breaks my heart. But then I try and rationally think about it like as a true basketball fan, and I, I kind of come back down to earth a bit and realize that we actually might not be a playoff team next year. 
You see, I think we're going to be a playoff team next year. You know why? Because CJ told Jennifer he's trying. <laughs> which means he's going to be trying this year really hard. I'm trying, Jennifer. And, but I think, honestly, I think Portland will be a playoff team. I have them winning around 45, 46 games. I don't think they're going to be as high as the three seed as they were last year. But I think they're going to be somewhere in the six, seven, eight range. Um, I think they could beat out somebody like San Antonio or Minnesota or even Denver. But, you know, I mean, we added Seth Curry. That's an upgrade from Shabazz Napier. Nick Stauskas is, from a three-point shooting standpoint, better than Pat Connaughton, which is what we basically needed Pat Connaughton. There's a 90% chance that a lot of people have no idea who either of those players are. Yeah, they'll know Seth because of his no, brother. No, no, no. I'm, yeah. t- I'm talking about Stauskas and, uh, and Pat Connington. Oh, yeah, that's true. They, not, a lot of people might not know who they are, but they played in the playoffs this year. But, well, but, well, Pat did. As but. Blazers fans, when your biggest free market uh, acquisitions are Nick Stauskas, you kind of got to focus on the small name guys. Hey, Seth Curry's big, I think. Seth Curry's an upgrade from Shabazz. We did lose Ed Davis, which was heartbreaking because I loved Ed Davis so much. But, you know, I still think this team's pretty dang good. We, uh, Zach Collins is going to get some time to develop. And, you know, I really liked Anthony Simons and Gary Trent. But, uh, other than that, Gary Trent's a solid three point shooter. Anthony Simons looked really good shooting in Summer League, which was something that I was really surprised about. I did not expect him to be a good shooter. I heard he was an athletic guard. Anthony but, Simons has his DMs open on Twitter, so expect loads of spam to try and get him on the podcast. Yeah, he's going to be our first try to get guests. Not not really. We won't spam him. I'll just ask him politely 30 times a day. <laughs> just ask him like politely, like, hey, you want to help some people that live in your new team's community? What if I just wrote him a handwritten letter with a really pretty picture on it that I drew? Do you think he'd go then? Love, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that depends. What would you be drawing him? I don't know, like posterizing LeBron. Okay, that would that would that would win me over immediately. Um, well, I think I'm gonna talk about the Blazers real quick. Um, do your best to remain calm, buddy. <sighs> yeah, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> so this team won 49 games last year. I don't think they're gonna have an eight game drop to take the under on that. Um, I do kind of agree that they're gonna be in like the. 43-ish wins range because uh, we did get hot at one point of the season where we won 13 in a row, and that's kind of hard to replicate. And I doubt we're going to have a winning streak like that next season, and uh, that's probably going to keep us a little bit on the lower side. But uh, I still think this team's going to be a low playoff team who gets destroyed in the first round. Uh, you know, we'll we'll root for them hard as the underdog, but I don't know if they're gonna get that point. We're, gonna, uh, you know, I'm trying to root. I'm trying to stay optimistic about the Blazers. I'm trying, Jennifer. We're all trying, Jennifer. Just know that we're all trying. But yeah, I guess I have the over on the 41 and a half. That was actually this this that. Yeah, this part pretty much depressed me. That was actually a lot a lot better and a lot less vulgar than I thought we were gonna be. Yeah, fuck Westgate. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. I think I think we call it there. Um, yeah, we're good on the Blazers here. Uh, we'll move right on over to. Uh, oh, this might rile us up a little bit more because former Blazer is on that team, Lamarcus Aldridge, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Fuck him too. 
<laughs> for the first time in 20 years, this team is not gonna, might not make the playoffs. Um, Westgate has them as the nine seed at 43 and a half. Um, I guess I'll start this one off. You love the Spurs. You go ahead. You go right ahead, buddy. Yeah, man. I love them during their, uh, during their heyday. I thought they were super fun to watch, but this year I have the under. Oh, big shocker. Yeah. I, I'd love that they brought in DeMar DeRozan as like a star to, uh, compliment LaMarcus Aldridge and also to try and stay competitive during Pop's last couple years. But I do think losing uh, Danny Green was real tough on them. And I think that the West is going to be super stacked this time around. And uh, I don't know, Aldridge kind of put the team entirely on his back and that really helped them out. And they were kind of motivated to win despite Kawhi. And I don't know, man, they're just going to, they have their, uh, they're going to have some issues in terms of like spacing the floor because LaMarcus and DeMar, they're both mid-range shooters. The idea of watching them uh, try and share the floor on ter- in terms of a mid-range. And also they have Rudy Gay in that lineup who isn't much of a deep shooter as well. He doesn't space the floor. They really have like no guys who space the floor for their starters. Uh, I just can't see them winning too much next year. They're going to they're gonna struggle a lot. And I really hope they can uh, send Pop off. I really hope they can send Pop off with a good season, but uh, in the next couple of years. But I don't think they're going to do it next year. They're going to get the under. The fact that you went under <laughs> for the San Antonio Spurs, Spurs, is mind-boggling. To I me. know I should never bet against them. Greg Popovich is their head coach. They're going to find a way to make it work. Next team <laughs> over. Do you actually not have anything else to say? DeMar DeRozan's going to be great like he is in Toronto. He might choke in the playoffs, but they're going to make the playoffs. That's what DeMar DeRozan does. Bellinelli can shoot the three. Pirtle's a pretty dang good center. Kawhi's gone. So what? He gave them nine games last season. Okay, think about this. Last season, they won, what was it, 46, 47 games? Uh, Yeah, they won 47. They won 47 games last year, and they were the... They were like the seven seed. They were the seven seed in the playoffs. And they made that with only having nine games of Kawhi last season. Oh, they were the eight, my bad. Oh, no, they were the seven. Because they played the Warriors for two. Yeah. But they made the playoffs without Kawhi last season. And it was pretty much a roster full of scrubs. (laughs) And now they added DeMar DeRozan. And he's a better player. He's he's a not better than Kawhi, but he's gonna make their team better. He's gonna fit in the pop system. I think they could win upwards of fifty games next season. They could be in the top four seeds. For what it's worth, I did cross out. Uh, oh, I did originally write over, and then I crossed it out and wrote under because I thought I was writing too many overs. You're just afraid that the Spurs are gonna take the Blazers spot in the playoffs, like all these teams are going to. <laughs> that is part of the reason. Uh, Cody, what'd you do for the Spurs? Uh, yeah, I actually took the over. Um, I think DeMar's going to come out with a tenaciousness, and I think he's got something to prove to uh, those people over there in Toronto that just kind of shipped him out. I like DeJounte Murray a lot. Um, Pau Gasol is ancient, but he actually last season kind of looked like he still had something to give. LaMarcus Aldridge, I think, will play well with DeMar. And, uh, yeah, like Wyatt said, 47 wins. I think if – I think DeMar DeRozan's worth at least three games, so I could see them winning over 50 very easily if Pop has his way with things and and everything goes according to plan. 
So yeah, over. For uh, weird fact, Cody, this I just look. This is the first time you and I have disagreed on anything this whole podcast. We've uh, agreed on everything so far. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll go back to agreeing very shortly. Yeah, we we agree on pretty much After everything. After the podcast, I'll change his mind and be like, "Okay, Zach, I agree with you on everything." Get ready for a, a four minute podcast where Zach apologizes for taking the under on the Spurs. Oh yeah, I'll I'll definitely be having a monologue. Soon. <laughs> Emergency pod. Alrighty. Well, it's time that we move on to the playoff teams in this stacked Western Conference. Uh, well, at least the teams that Westgate has as the playoff teams. I was just about to say possible. Yeah, the possible playoff teams. Um, well, first on the list is the eight seed is the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves at forty four and a half. And uh, Cody, why don't you start with this? Well, if you pay any attention to off season news or NBA news, I think that everybody knows that Jimmy Butler isn't exactly content with his stay in Minnesota. I mean, who could be? It's it's Minnesota. Who actually wants to live in Minnesota? We here at Small Ball Market support the Minnesota Timberwolves and their fans. Yeah, I'm just really, like, Minnesota weather is worse than Oregon weather. Like, Oregon weather at least has a possibility to be nice outside, but Minnesota is just shit all the time. Yeah, pretty much. But, okay, anyways, to basketball. Um, Like I said, I think Jimmy Butler is going to cause a lot of problems. Whether or not they ship him out of there fast enough to negate those problems in the locker room is one thing. But um, they also have kind of a logjam at the point guard position. They got Tyus, they got Jeff T. And Derrick Rose signed with them again. I think a, a good look for them would be to uh, package Jimmy Butler and one of those guards and, and ship him out for somewhere else for another uh, another player that doesn't hate playing for their franchise. But um, yeah, they won 47 games last year, and I think the fact that nobody got injured with Tibbs as their head coach is an absolute miracle. Somebody did get injured. Jimmy Butler got hurt. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Which is pretty serious. And he wasn't healthy for the playoffs either. So he wasn't totally healthy for the playoffs, at least. But he I was mean, probably 85%. That with Tibbs as your head coach, only one player. That's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I think Tibbs is a shit coach. Um, I think there's going to be too many locker room problems. And I think that that log dam at the point guard could actually kind of help them out. But I like the under. So. This is our third podcast in a row shitting on Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Good. It should be a reoccurring theme where we shit on Tom Thibodeau every podcast. Tom Thibodeau, you're allowed on the podcast. Come on. No, you're not. Okay, yeah, no. You probably heard us, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just that's a new segment, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, but you took the under, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just never got the official. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm taking the under as well. I think that uh, they're pretty talented, uh, at least in their starting lineup. Uh, I think Cat is incredible. He's just like one of these, just like freaks of nature. Yeah, one of those like yeah, he yeah, put it simply, a freak of nature kind of player. And I think Jimmy Butler is one of the best uh, two way players in the entire league. And but obviously, those two have their chemistry issues. Y'all know that I have my issues with Andrew Wiggins. I've said it before that uh, I think he's just this one-dimensional scorer and he doesn't do anything on the defensive end, passing, rebounding. He's just he's just there, man. He's he's he he they have them as their third option and he's getting paid like a, a like lot. Just, yeah, he's on like he's making more than Dame is and like a lot of other stars in the league and it's pretty ridiculous. I I don't think they're, they're just going to be stuck. And 
I don't see them do uh, replicating what they had last year with 47 wins. Um, I with the West being even more stacked now and their rising chemistry issues, this this team is like seems poised to fall apart. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm taking the under too. I I don't think it's going to be a big under. I think they're going to be a fringe playoff team like last year where they took came down to the last game. But their bench got significantly worse too. They lost Bijalika. They lost Crawford. They gained Tolliver, which was an okay shooter. He's a pretty dang good shooter, but uh, that's not going to make the team better. Their bench is weaker. Jimmy Butler, he's on an expiring deal this year too, which makes him a pretty big trade target if anybody wants to go after him. But also a lot of teams, you got to think what teams would take a flyer on them. It's probably would be the teams that are fringe playoff teams, like the Wolves themselves that want to get a boost. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that I think would go for a rental on Jimmy Butler, but it's going to be hard. I mean, the Andrew Wiggins contract, if you, if you were to trade any of these guys, it would have to be Jimmy Butler, I think, because Andrew Wiggins' contract is untradeable. Yeah, and, and you're not trading Cat. They're not trading Cat. Cat's too good. Even though I heard he could actually be the biggest cancer in the locker room out of all of them. I think really? I heard, yeah. There, there the have been que- might be wrong, but there have been questions of his maturity and just like the there have been rumors that like the um <clears throat> the old Chicago guys like Thibodeau, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler, like none of them really like him that much because of his maturity. And uh, I don't know, looking at Tom Thibodeau, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would like uh fun. And Cat's a fun guy. He's young and a rookie, and then usually for him, young rookies are on the bench not playing because he plays his starters 45 minutes a game, <laughs> well, which is why they die. Well, he's going into his fourth year, actually. How many, how many NBA careers has Tom Thibodeau ruined? I just want, I, I'm going to have to take a cha- time and just look it up and see how many NBA careers he's ruined because he got it. them. Don't say it. I know they ruined one. Don't say it. Leave it. Leave it. Former MVP Derek Rose. Oh man! I mean, he's okay. He's in. A, he's back with Tibbs now. Even worse. Yeah. Well, we discussed that last week. Why it suggested that he might kill him. Um. All right. Okay. Um, we're done with the. We're done with the. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we're done with the Timberwolves too. So you, uh, official, you took the under Wyatt. Yeah, I don't understand why anybody would think the Timberwolves would make the playoffs over the Blazers. The Timberwolves are going to be a dumpster fire next year. They're kind of in the same position in the East as the in the West as the Wizards. I, I mean, I, I was thinking the same. They're thing. kind of they both have problems in their locker room, and I think it's going to affect the chances of postseason runs. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Yep, definitely. We're moving right on to the New Orleans Pelicans, and they are at a 45 and a half. Um, Wyatt, do you want to start off on the Pelicans? So I actually have the under on the Pelicans. It was a really hard under to do. It's just I think them losing Boogie could actually end up hurting them, even though they did technically get better after he left. Their record did get better. And, I mean, that's going against Anthony Davis, which just might prove to bite me in the ass. And they added Randall, which is a really good front court player for them. But they also lost Rondo, who was a huge part of their offense. They got, they got Alfred Payton. Whoa! Oh, and he got rid of his hair. Maybe I need to change my mind on this. Shaved head Alfred Payton. Future MVP. No, 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 no. I'm going to keep it the same. They added Jalil Okafor. And now he's playing with his cousin, 
Ameke Okafor, and they're on the same team, which I thought was interesting. Other than that, I mean, the Pelicans, they could improve from last year. I mean, they torched the Blazers in the playoffs, which Mm. I could see them doing good next season, but I also have to just take the slight under. I think they lost too much in the offseason. All right, well, I beg to differ. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Spicy hot take alert. Yeah, no, I like the over, actually. Um, I don't know how big of an impact losing Boogie's going to have, especially because he was injured for a good bit of the season. Um, But I think there's a possibility that losing Boogie and playing more through Anthony Davis could actually be beneficial for the Pelicans. Don't hold me to that statement, but I think that it could turn out to benefit them. Um, like you said, they got Alfred Payton. They picked up Julius Randle. I think that's huge. And I think, I mean, I'm again, don't quote me on this, but Jalil Okafor could possibly maybe be a decent player in New Orleans. I think that's a type of system where he could benefit. I mean, they're definitely oriented towards the big man, big man play style. I mean, they have good guards in Drew Holiday and Alfred Payton now, but like I said, that they're definitely more oriented towards the big big guy. But uh, yeah, I, I like the additions they made in the offseason, so I think they will be a very fun team to watch, and I'm going to go with over. I'm definitely going to quote you on that Jalil Okafor thing, because uh, no, he's, <laughs> uh, he plays a dead NBA playing style. The post is dead, pretty much, dude. It's, uh, it's all about uh, analytics now, and the post is not a part of it. Um, and he would have been an all-star. 20 years ago, but uh, it's the league's just not like that anymore. But so like, I don't like see- I said, that's and if there was a team where it was going to happen, it would be the Pelicans just because of how they play through their big guys so much, you know? Yeah, but they also play through the big man because Anthony Davis is like a transcendent talent, a once in a generation type right. player. And uh, I find it hard to bet against a top three MVP candidate, but I'm gonna, I'm going to take the under right here. And uh, I thought that this team was – they were great last year. Obviously, like we said, they kicked the crap out of the Blazers in the first round. But they did lose a lot of that team. They lost Boogie in January, and they went on a great run without him. But I don't know how sustainable that is. It's still going to be pretty much Anthony Davis and just uh, role players around him. And I don't think that's enough to get you to survive in this loaded West. He'll just be like a fringe playoff team again, which I'm really starting to feel bad for AD at this point. It's probably going to get to the point where people are going to start uh, asking whether he's like whether he's overrated or not. When says no, he has a bad team around him. Uh, I can't see them uh, getting getting over at all. They're gonna they're gonna be good, but they'll they'll probably be on the trending towards the lower 40s again without a full season of boogie with them. Very possible. Very possible. Um, let's move right on from the New Orleans Pelicans to the Denver Nuggets, who did not make the playoffs last year, but with the additions that they made this offseason, uh, they're they're at 47 and a half, which is actually only a game and a half ahead of where they actually finished last year, but they finished as the nine seed. Um, I guess I'll start on Denver. Um I did the over. Uh, they they were missing Paul Millsap for a big portion of last year, and they still nearly made the playoffs. And Paul Millsap was probably their second best, by, by arguably their second best player behind Jokic. 
And now you add Isaiah Thomas to the mix. And we've already talked about how much we love the addition of Isaiah Thomas. And uh, he's just been a, he was great for the Celtics for a couple of years ago. He had a super rough year while recovering from his injury, but he, I think that he's going to come back with a vengeance. He's trying to get his money. He's trying to go. And they took, they took a huge, they, they didn't actually didn't take that much of a risk because they signed him to very little on just a one year contract. And they, there's like, Hey, let's give this guy a chance. And I think he could potentially come out and just like, start winning them games almost sing like almost single-handedly in the fourth quarter again like he like pretty reminiscent of his boston days but yeah i think mike malone's a decent coach i think that they have uh one of the most underrated uh like rosters from top to bottom in the entire nba and i think that it's worth it i well, i'm going to take the over on them they might start trending closer to 50 yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'll agree, man. I like the addition of Isaiah a lot. I think a healthy Jokic and a healthy Paul Millsap will go really nicely for him. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is only trending up. Hopefully, his uh, hopefully his back doesn't hurt him too much. Um, I've been reading reports recently that said he was doing he was doing fine. He should be ready by the beginning of the season. But yeah, man, I like their over. Um, like I said, or like you said, I they think they have one of the most underrated uh, rosters in the entire league. I just think that. While their their ceiling isn't super high, their basement isn't super low either. I think they have just a bunch of really solid players, really consistent players in their uh, in their lineup. So I think they're going to be a sleeper team to look out for uh, heading into the playoffs. So I like the over. We're going to disagree a lot on this podcast, guys. I took the under on the Nuggets. And the reason why I did that was because I know we were the other day we were talking about how great the Isaiah Thomas addition is. And I started looking at all their other offseason moves they've made this year. And I just started to not like them the more and more I thought about it. I mean, they lost Wilson Chandler, who was a contributor on their team. I mean, I wanted to think about Paul Millsap coming back too. But also, I think last year, if I recall, they actually were playing better when Paul Millsap wasn't on the court. Because Paul Millsap, it was just hard to get the chemistry going between all of them. But for the most part, I just think Denver is going to have some trouble next year. They're going to be in the same boat as they are last year. I think they're going to be a fringe playoff team. They still have to get a little better. Isaiah Thomas, I mean, he could make the difference and push them up a level, but he could also bring them down a level too if he ends up being like how he was in Cleveland and can just turn the locker room into a cancerous environment very, very fast. And I decided to take the under because of that. Well, as long as he's not on Instagram Live calling uh, Denver a shithole, I think he'll be okay. Cleveland is a shithole. I see why LeBron left again. (laughs) I mean, the thing about Denver that I also have to remember is they have one of the best home court advantages in the NBA because in Mile High City, like when the players come up there, they can't breathe. So it's like, and they play there all the time. So, real quick side note: I really hate when players go on and they do these things. Like there was one. Uh, here's a first on small ball market. We're talking about baseball, okay? So this guy hit a walk. I hate those small balls. <laughs> Maybe this is the perfect subject, the smallest ball sport. Well, that's golf. We're a golf podcast now. <laughs> there might be a smaller ball than that. Are you ever... We're getting, We're getting too tangled. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. 
But what I was saying is there was a guy that hit a walk-off grand slam and he did like a bat flip and then he had to come out and issue an apology. And then Isaiah Thomas called Cleveland a shithole and he had to come out and say he was sorry that he actually liked Cleveland. I just wish players would stop apologizing for stuff like that. Like we all know Cleveland's a shithole. You don't got to apologize to anybody. Like, Sorry, Cleveland. He doesn't mean what he's No, I mean it. Cleveland is a shithole. You've never been to Cleveland. I, I don't need to go. Yeah, if I never set foot in Cleveland, it'd be too soon. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, people from Cleveland feel free to move literally anywhere else. It's pretty rad. But, you know, if you say something like that and it's true, don't. I, I would feel like it makes you more of a man, more of a, a player person than if you were to just go back on your word just because you start getting backlash for it. So just embrace what you said. Exactly, and if you hate the Cleveland comments, uh, enjoy your shithole city and uh, go Browns, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh yeah, We're, I just want to say something to the Brown fans. You guys are going to be four and twelve this season at best. That's not a small ball. Golf only. So we're going to move right on to the uh, surprise team of the NBA last season, the Utah Jazz. They were not expected to win really any games this year, but it's last year. But uh, it seems that the Vegas odds have caught up with them. Uh, They're slated to win 48 and a half, which is a huge improvement. Um, Cody, do you want to start on them? Uh, Yeah, man. I, I like the over with the Jazz a lot, honestly. I think Donovan Mitchell's only going up. And, I mean, they haven't really made too many additions or subtractions, have they? No, their roster is pretty much the same. They're yeah. pretty much running it back. And then, uh, I mean, they got Grayson Allen, so they – I. oh, man, I was just about to say Grayson Allen can't make them worse, and then I realized what words were about to come out of my mouth. So they just got to keep Grayson Allen in check, and if, they, if he makes them better, play him, but if he makes them worse, shut that shit down. Anyways, they won 48 games last year, right? Yep. Yep, so, I mean – 48 and a half. Donovan Mitchell's only getting better, so I like the over. <laughs> I took the under on this team, too. I took a lot of unders on the West teams because I think the, the West is going to be so tough next year. We're going to beat the crap out of, each, out of each other. I think next year, honestly, we had a, team, a lot of teams were really close to 50 wins this season. I think this is going to be a low win total playoff series this year. Like, a lot of teams are going to have less than 50 wins and make the playoffs. I think this the, the West is just so stacked that they're going to beat the crap out of each other this year. Yeah, but, it was just kind of like last year. The top two seeds only won, were the only ones who won over 50. Utah, I do believe, will be a top four seed. And I want to personally apologize <laughs> for the first podcast for saying Donovan Mitchell might have been a fluke. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I was just trying to think of something to say and right when I said it I'm like, "Oh no, I shouldn't have said that." But I'm going to take the manly approach here and apologize for me saying that Donovan Mitchell was a stud. Zach will even defend me by saying I talked about him so much this year and calling him such a good player and he's like, "I don't understand." I talked to him after the pod and Zach was just like, I don't understand why he said that. He's been talking about Donovan Mitchell all season. Yeah, uh, right after we were just talking about how uh, the man thing to do would be to own up to what you just said, like uh, Isaiah Thomas. You go and apologize. Um, but Weak uh, move, dude. 
Week, yeah, week, man. Week, week. I take back my take. I rescind my take because it was a bad no, take. Oh, yeah, it was a really bad yeah. take. Yeah, it was See, a really I'm, bad I'm only wow. saying, like, don't apologize for things that are true, like calling Cleveland a shithole or bat flipping and a walk-off grand slam. Like, those things are all universally known and accepted. You said the opposite of what is true, so you should definitely apologize for that. Yeah, well, Guy got his apology out, which is good. Well, I'm going to talk about the Jazz now, talk then. Uh, yeah, I have him. Uh, I have the over. Uh, you took the under, right, Wyatt? You yeah, took the, the slide under. under. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got him on the over. They they won 48 last year. They just came out of nowhere and just surprised everyone. And I think they are just about – they're going to take the next step this year. I think that uh, Donovan Mitchell is just one of these just insane players. He's just He just came out of there. I loved him when he was a rookie coming in. I could not have predicted what he was going to do during his rookie <laughs> season. I was just like, oh, this guy's going to be pretty good. He, he, could, he has the potential to be a steal. I didn't think that he was going to come and win the rookie – or basically no, 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 was no, no, the no. best rookie yeah, out of that yeah, draft yeah, class. Yeah. The best real rookie. Um, but basically became a star almost immediately. And uh, he, they have that guy. Like Utah, they lost Gordon Hayward, and they have that guy now. They have him back. Gobert is going to be healthy. Gobert is, yeah, he's one of the best defenders in the league. And then uh, they they kept their supporting cast together that they, they went to the second round with. And I don't know. They're just they're, – I can't see them doing any worse. They're definitely going to be better this next year. True. Yeah. I think so anyways. Why doesn't think so, but we do. Yeah. Well, we all know why why thinks Donovan Mitchell is a rookie fluke. That's why he got the under. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> with a definite moving on to uh the team that uh I don't know, this is a yeah, yeah, this is a, an unbiased podcast, but I fucking hate this team more <laughs> than any other team in the entire world. The Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> And sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're a genius, though. You're you're a branding marketing genius, but still, I don't like you. Yeah, well, we get. Yep, we're on to the Lakers, and they uh, with the biggest addition of the off season, LeBron James Ooh. going there. Yeah, I don't know. He's just some dude from Akron. I don't wow, know. Shit whole town. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go yeah, Browns. <laughs> All right. Um. Sorry, yeah, I mean. Bad. Yeah, well, we'll start with you, Wyatt. Where do where, you have the Lakers? I have them on the under. I took the under on this team, too. Why? Because all of LeBron James' teams always, during the regular season, don't tend to do very good. And that was a Cleveland. And I think this team, although it's slightly better than Cleveland's... Okay, it's a lot better than Cleveland's team last year, that... I don't think it's going to be enough in this stacked Western Conference to have an amazing regular season. I think they will make the playoffs. I think they will be in from anywhere from the 8-5 to five seed. But other than that, they added Lance, Rondo, McGee, and Beasley. Lance, <laughs> Rondo, McGee, and Beasley. That's automatically minus five wins. So I just I can't take the over on them. Yeah, um, yeah, they're the we got the meme team going. That's, <laughs> no, that's, Might I say this team is gonna be fun to watch? As much as I hate the Lakers, they are gonna make some funny content on the internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you include uh, 
LeBron because he had a camera pointed at him since he was 15. So, of course, there's going to be memes made out of him. And Lonzo, just be for obvious reasons, he's also a meme. We got six of them. That's a full infinity gauntlet of memes Tragic right there, guys. That's, that's, that's the infinity <laughs> song right there. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Tragic Bronson! Guys, guys, we got a weird tangent. I got a weird tangent. We'll cut this if it's bad. Leave it in. Leave if, it. Keep it. Okay, okay. If we had to pick an infinity stone for each of these six players, uh, LeBron, Rondo, Lonzo, uh, Stevenson, uh, McGee, Beasley, yeah, what would they be? I, I have two. Say- I have two. I have two of them that need to be need to be it. Beasley has to be the mind yeah, stone yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the ten percent of your brain <laughs> and eleven percent of your brain conversation. Right. And Rondo's got to be the space stone because. Just the idea of someone who's never spaced the floor in his entire life being the space stone, that's just got to be it. I think Lance Stevenson has to be the reality stone because he's always keeping it real. Um, <laughs> LeBron has to be the time stone. Has oh, to be, oh, has to be. oh I, time. no, 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 no. Do you know what? I have JaVale McGee as the time but stone. LeBron just doesn't age. No, no, no. Do you know why JaVale McGee is the time oh, stone? Because he does something and you want to turn back time and change exactly what he just did because it was so bad. I think LeBron's got to be the soul stone because he's the soul of that entire team. And I do agree with you of Lance Stevenson being the reality stone because he can change reality at a whim and all of a sudden be like this crappy player and then change reality and turn into a good player mm-hmm. for all of a sudden. He has these little stints. And nah, who are we kidding? LeBron is just Thanos. LeBron is the entire, <laughs> he is the entire <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. That's true. You know what? He doesn't have enough. <laughs> I'm gonna think no, 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 no. about the rings. Oh. 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 No, he doesn't have enough rings to be the king. Two more? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got we got that Infinity Gauntlet of memes. Right, okay. But, okay. Um, to, but to the real point, uh, I'm going to take the under on that. It's not by too much. I think they're going to be in like the 47-ish range. I think they'll be like a top four team in the West. Um, they're gonna they're they're just up there. It's just if they're not the four, they're the five. It's there there's no way they drop beyond the top five. LeBron James gets you there every time. They won uh, what was it? They won 35 games last year. I'd actually probably put them at 48 wins exactly. So about the slightest under there is 13 wins. LeBron could get you 13 extra wins just easily. And also Lonzo was hurt. Like for a good portion of last year, and I still think he's a good player. I think he'll be good. I don't think that does much to their record, though, whether Lonzo is playing or not. Honestly, I mean, Lonzo's not bad, but also he shoots a terrible percentage from the free throw line, and that just 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 bugs me. A point guard should not be shooting sixty percent from the line. It just bo- it bothers me so much. And now Lonzo and Rondo both shoot sixty percent from the line and they're on the same team. It just it just bugs me a lot. <laughs> yeah, but LeBron will get them those wins. Uh oh and LeBron they're gonna be one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league now that I think about it. They have JaVale on their team mm-hmm. now. Lance isn't a great free throw shooting team and LBJ's not even a good three point shooter. So you mean I mean free, free throw, throw shooter. shooter. Yeah. All right, Cody, what do you think about the Lakers? I will be the only one of us to take over. Um, I don't think... They have Tragic Bronson on their... Okay, but he won the championship. Take that out. No, leave it in. Leave it in. They have LeBron James, dude. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, LeBron can get you 13 wins. Um, I think the likelihood that Kuz, Lonzo, Ingram, and Hart all... 
stay at the same level that they were at last year without developing anything past that, becoming anything more as a core is very unlikely. I think though, I think at least a couple, if not all of those guys are going to make big steps next season playing around LeBron. Um, yeah. And like I said, you have LeBron on your team and all those young guys are going to be able to learn so much from him. So I like the over, I think it'll be a slide over. I think I got like 50 exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong and they get the over. They could they could seriously overachieve, but they could also have the issues that a lot of LeBron teams have had over the last few years, and uh, they they might struggle out, out the gates. I hope they struggle in the first couple weeks against Portland because they play them twice. Got to keep that home opener streak alive. Exactly. Exactly. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Lakers for me. I'm, I'm over it already. Yes. Yes, girl. Yeah, well, we're on to uh, the top three. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder next. Uh, we're finally in the 50-win range. Uh, they're at a 50-and-a-half, and I guess I'll start on the Thunder. That works. Um, I got the over. I think that uh, not by a ton. They're going to be in like the 51-52-ish range, but I think getting rid of Melo was probably the best thing that they could possibly do for in terms of like chemistry and everything like that. Yeah, basically, it's and uh, I think Paul George's role will increase because of that. And obviously, he's a top 15, 16 ish player in the league. And having him with Russell Westbrook, it's we saw we saw what they did with the what Russ and Durant did together. Obviously, Paul George is not Durant, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the understatement of the century. But uh, he's still a great player. And just him partnering him with Russ, no one expected uh, Paul George to come back. And I think. Everyone's kind of making fun of Paul George for his little unfinished business quote, like the one unfinished business you got beat in the first round. But uh, <laughs> I think that they're going to be they're going to be uh, definitely a better team next year, and they're going to. Uh, I think they can. They'll probably be at least a second round team, and uh, yeah, I think that there's. I think that this team could get fifty. Uh, could get fifty one easily. Okay, uh, I'm going to take the under because. I'm taking the under a lot. Jesus, guys, I'm sorry. But uh, I have to say I'm taking the under on these guys because they got rid of Melo, and that just means Russell Westbrook is going to be shooting 40 shots a game now. He's going to take all of Melo's shots, and now Russell Westbrook's going to shoot even more. Why, why, what, what makes you think that he's not going to – Paul George isn't going to get more shots up? I think Russell Westbrook's selfish, and he's just going to take all of the shots. Good Lord. Paul, George, Paul George might get a few more shots, but they also have Dennis Schroeder. And I think Dennis Schroeder's going to make their bench better. I do think their bench will be better this year. And they might come playoff time if Russell Westbrook decides to become more of a team player and take less shots and give more of the shots to Paul George because I think Paul George is, could be the better scorer of the two. And he could stay, he's definitely a better shooter than, than Russell Westbrook. And I think if he gets the ball more, that's going to make the Thunder better by spacing the floor. And I just think that's going to make them better. And if they can get that together by playoff time, they could be a better team. But I think for the regular season, it's going to take some time to figure out. So, All right. Well, back to the trend of Zach and I agreeing. I got the over on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, like I said, when Zach was talking, I think Carmelo was an addition by subtraction kind of thing. They won 48 games last year. So to think that getting the ball out of Melo's hands, adding Dennis Schroeder, um, that's, that's worth more than two and a half games, in my opinion. 
Um, Dennis Schroeder is actually going to be my sleeper candidate for six man of the year. I mentioned that earlier in the podcast, but there was a guy that I thought could could make a run for six man of the year. And yeah, Dennis Schroeder's my pick, man. I think that he's way better than Raymond Felton. That's for sure. Um, I think Steven Adams is, is very uh, underappreciated. I don't want to say underrated because I think everybody knows he's good, but I think underappreciated is a good word. And uh, Nerland's Noel is their backup now, huh? Uh, yeah. He's on. He's. On. I mean, I've always liked Nerland's Noel. Honestly, I've always thought he's had a, a bit of potential. So I, I'd like to see him get some minutes and uh, see what he can do. I think that team overall is a looking a lot better from where they were a year ago. So I like the over. Yeah, yeah. I think we pretty much covered that there. Um, we're going we're gonna to move right on to uh, last year's one seed, uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, they won 65 games last year, and uh, this time uh, Westgate isn't being so kind to them. They have our uh, 54 and a half as their, uh, their over-under. And uh, I guess I'll uh, – which one of you guys want to start with it? I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll Cody, I'll start with okay. you. Uh, yeah, I like the over for the Rockets, surprisingly. Um, 54 games is 54 and a half, sorry. That seems pretty low for me. Um, this is actually one of the systems that I think Carmelo Anthony could work well in, just like an all-offense, no-defense thing. Um, I know he didn't get along with D'Antoni before. Um, I'm hoping they kind of resolve some of those issues. Uh, I'm hoping he had learned his lesson from Oklahoma City that he's not the go-to guy. He's not the guy that they go to for big shots. Um, and I know he's come out and said he'd be okay with coming off the bench. A lot of people are talking about Carmelo Anthony is going to be sixth man of the year. Um, I think it's a possibility for sure. But, I mean, even though they lost Ariza, they re-signed Capella, which is huge. And they got Michael Carter-Williams. So I guess that's something. But all, all additions and subtractions aside, I think that the core that you kept with Capella, Paul, and Harden is definitely – that alone is enough for over 45. 54 and a half games, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, really the biggest factor here is definitely Carmelo Anthony because of uh, the small forwards that they lost uh, over the offseason. It's, it's all going to come down to Melo pretty much. Whether he's going to integrate in their system, and we were talking about whether uh, he's willing to work with D'Antoni. He kind of has no choice this time around. Either he makes it work or Houston's going to waive him. It's like he, they he, – He's not. He doesn't have the contract power that he had before. They can just they can just get rid of him without without even thinking about him, and so he pretty much has no choice but to buy in. And I think that I think that he will this time around. I think that uh, Harden and CP3. I think the fact that he has a relationship with Chris Paul uh, throughout the years. I think that will help. And I think that James Harden is he's he's a good distributor. He's very ball dominant, but he's also just a great distributor as well. And if Melo was just willing to uh, take this those open shots, that would be that'd be great for them. I like the over on that. It's that I can't see them dropping ten wins from last year. It it just wouldn't even make sense. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about them. Okay, um, I took the under on this team, just a slight under too. Um, it's just. They have, I think they're going to really hurt without Ariza and Mbamute. They don't have a defender on the wing now. And I know you guys have been talking about how uh, there's going to be, like, Melo could come off the bench and stuff, but who starts in front of him? 
I I don't know, honestly. I don't know who starts in front of him, James Ennis? But, I mean, Melo's better than James Ennis. I, maybe. I, I think... I think he's Mello is better than James. I, I think he's committed to coming off the bench for now. I think he knows he has something to prove. So I think he's going to hang with that second unit for a little bit until if, when, and or if he proves that he can do something in the starting rotation and actually not be a cancer to a starting lineup or a team in general at all, then he'll move into the starting lineup. See, the thing is, James Ennis is a new addition to the team too. So why would you start him? A, over a Mello, new addition though? is better than a cancerous person who's already, you know, been around the league. Also, Mel is a new addition too. Yeah, exactly, so. Yeah, exactly. so would you take a new yeah. addition who's not a cancer? or? But would you also take the one who's a used-to-be star in the he's NBA not a too? Star, exactly. You it's... can't, you can't, you know, what take, you got What if he was just in a bad system in the Thunder, then, though? Then, what if then, it just then wasn't he'll be able to prove himself in the second unit. Yeah, well, like... He would be great with the second unit if he led the whole thing. That would just be great for him. The thing about the Rockets is, even with the second unit, Chris Paul or James Harden's is on the floor at either time, no matter what. One of them is always on the floor. So even even with the second unit, you're still going to have, you know, one of the two top distributors in the league giving you the ball. So Okay, I can buy that. But they signed Michael Carter-Williams, so they're going to win five games. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's he's a factor along with Carmelo. But Mel, like we're pretty much the discussion of this, Carmelo is the biggest factor. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Houston responds next year. Word. Yep, well. Um, fi- we're on to our final team, the number one, the Golden State Warriors. I'll keep this uh, short and to the point. They're at a 62 and a half. They're the best team in the world, and they added DeMarcus Cousins. They're going over. Really? That's. Really? Oh yeah, they're going over. They they won fifty eight last year, and they they were obviously coasting for a part of it. But they Steph missed so many games. They had so many guys take nights off. They're going to be coasting these seasons now. But this team should be able to sleep and win sixty five games. It's they, they it, this last year was an anomaly. Their years their years before uh uh that last year they went sixty seven and fifteen seventy three and nine sixty seven and fifteen. This team is going to get over 62 and a half easily, even if they're just semi-healthy for next season. I uh, I actually took the under. I honestly, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Don't get me wrong. I couldn't have said it any better myself. But literally my only reasoning is I just don't think they give enough of a shit to go out and win 62 games. Like, I really don't. That's that's kind of my testament there to how good they are, though. It's like they're oh, not yeah. going to oh, care. Exactly. exactly. I, yeah, I mean – I know they're cracking down on racing players and everything, but I honestly, if they want to, they, I wish my, my response could be contingent on knowing their answers of if they're going to try or not. Because if they try, they could go out and win as many games as they wanted. But if they, you know, if they want to rest and just stay healthy and wait till the playoffs to turn it on, then they could do whatever they want. So I feel like that's more likely than them going out and trying to prove something, you know. So that's why I took the unders. I just don't think they'll care enough. I picked the Golden State Warriors to win 83 games. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, I took the over on them. They're not going to go 82 and 0, but they're going to. 83 and negative one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they added Cousins. They added Yurepko. They lost McGee and Young. 
that means they're going to be better. Huge losses, um, Huge losses. <laughs> that means they're going to be better. And here's the way how I think about it is. I know DeMarcus is out till January or February, but they have a five. When DeMarcus comes back, and if he starts, it's going to be Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins. Say two of those players are injured all season. This two should this team should still be able to get the over on this. They're yeah. just that good. Not to mention uh, Andre Iguodala and Jordan Bell coming off the bench. Um, it's they're good. They're good. Yeah. That's all we're, we're going to probably win the we're, championship again this yeah. year. I don't even think they're really too much worth of a discussion. That, yeah, that I just uh, that's all I have to say about it is some weird Simon noise. Yep, just got to wait it out. All right. Well, Zach, give us the recap real quick. Well, starting back at the bottom, Sacramento at 25 and a half. All three of us took the Boom. under. Uh, going right over Phoenix. Uh, we were all in consensus again. Fe- uh, we all had the over this time around. We finally started disagreeing at Memphis at uh, 34 <laughs> and a half. And uh, uh, Cody and I both took the under and Wyatt took the over. Uh, Dallas, where I was also at 34 and a half with Cody and I both taking the over and Wyatt taking the under. Uh, we had, uh, the Clippers at 35 and a half with, uh, all three of us taking the under on that one. We all took the over again on our beloved Portland Trailblazers. (laughs) The San Antonio, uh, I took the under, uh, with, uh, some slight regrets that I might... I might be changing my answer eventually. Apology uh, podcast from Zach. Yep, uh, but both Wyatt and Cody took the over. Um, All three of us took the under on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Wyatt and I both took the under with the Pelicans, and Cody took the over. Uh, Cody and I both took the over with the Denver Nuggets, and Wyatt took the under. uh, We did the same thing again with uh, uh, the Utah Jazz. Uh, with the uh, Lakers, Wyatt and I both took the under with Cody taking the over. With Oklahoma City, Cody and I both took the over and Wyatt took the under. Uh, with Houston, uh, Cody and I both took the over again with Wyatt taking the under. And on the Golden State Warriors, Wyatt and I both went over and Cody went under. All right. Not a not a bad podcast as far as discuss- discussion goes, huh, boys? No, not, not at all. all. We have a lot of content. Yeah, we do have a lot of content. All right. Well, doesn't we did it for Jennifer? We did it for Jennifer. We're trying, Jennifer. If you're listening, we're trying. We are all trying so hard. All right. Any last thoughts from anybody? Blazers will win more than forty-one and a half. Also, I'm sorry, Spurs fans. In advance. <laughs> all right. From all three of us here at Small Ball Market, thanks for listening in this week. Make sure to follow us on all major podcast platforms like uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. If you uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate five stars. Hopefully, unless unless you're from Cleveland, then you're probably gonna give us a one star rating. Or as first oh, fan. Man. All right. Even the Utah Jazz fans. <laughs> That's everything from uh, myself, Zach, and Wyatt. We'll see you next week.